Hello, this is Ahuka. Welcome to another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio and our ongoing series on LibreOffice, focusing, as we have been for a while now, on LibreOffice Writer. And there's just so much to talk about here, but I, I do want to say my intention is, whenever we finish with Writer, to move on to Calc and then to Impress and uh maybe even get at least an honorable mention for the other components of LibreOffice, but those three in particular uh, we're going to give some detailed uh, uh, look at. And as I said last time, I want to repeat this, that uh, everything that I do in these tutorials is written out uh, with screenshots and examples and things at my website, which is www.ahuka.com. So that's uh, a resource that you have as well. And I, I know that some of this stuff can be a little bit tricky. So it, it, it might help you to know that you can go see something written out um, and use that as a reference. And I know one or two people have told me they've already figured that out. Uh, so with that, what are we going to do today? Well, last time we took a look at nested lists. Uh, and we took a look at the uh, the buttons in the uh, bullet and numbering toolbar and the various buttons on that, concepts of promote and demote and why that's different from um, increase or decrease indent. Uh, we looked at how we can move things up or down in the list and, and change the numbering when that happened and insert an unnumbered uh, item and things like that all very useful things but what we want to do now is we want to get back to styles because uh that's really where the greatest payoff comes and the distinction that we want to make is the functional definitions promote and demote are functional kinds of things but when we talk about styles, what we can do is combine the functional working of nested lists with appearance. So really what we're going to be doing here is we're going to be saying if you're working with nested lists, to get the functional results, you must use the bullets and numbering toolbar. That's the only way you're going to make any sense out of this stuff. But if you combine that with a style for your nested lists, what you can do is you can now control the appearance very, very precisely. And between the functional control and the appearance, you pretty much control just about everything you want to do here. So the key concept for working with the style here on a nested list is that you control each level of the hierarchy separately. There are three tabs you can use for this purpose. The first one is the Outline tab. Now this has a number of pre-configured hierarchies. 
and you may note that it includes nested bullet lists, and even mixed hierarchies that have both numbered and bulleted levels. And you can select one of these by just clicking on it until there's a thick black line around it, and then clicking the Apply button. Now, again, once you've applied that style, remember you have to use the Promote Demote buttons off of that Bullets and Numbering toolbar in order to properly put each element into the level that it's supposed to be in. So if if you want to make something a level 2 item in the middle of a, a list of what was so far level 1, doesn't matter what is in your style thing if you haven't used that demote button to say, take this level 1 item and make it a level 2. And once you do that, it'll take a look at the style information and say, ah, that's how you want level 2 items to look. Gotcha, boss. And then everyone will be happy. Uh, so... The, the the outline thing gives you really a lot of, of pre-configured uh, things that may or may not suit your needs. So we're going to see how we can do some other things as well. But the next tab I want to look at is the position tab. Now, we looked at the position tab fairly carefully when we looked at individual bullet and numbering styles. And remember, we deconstructed a bullet style, we deconstructed a numbered list style. Um, and now we're going to look at nested lists. And this imposes some additional considerations on us. The controls are the same, but now you have to start thinking multi-level a little bit. Uh, and I would say the rule of good design here uh, at least I, th I think this is generally going to produce the best results in the most circumstances, is to be consistent for all of your levels. Um, so, I, you know, if, if the first tab stop was two-tenths of an inch from the margin, make the second one four-tenths of an inch from the margin, and the third one six-tenths of an inch from the margin. And, you know, maintain consistent increments. That's the kind of thing we mean by being consistent. Now, if you take a look at uh, this, uh, this position tab, and on the left we've got the level window, and it's got one, two, three, four. So we can go and take a look at each item individually. But there's a thing at the bottom that says uh, 1-10. And if you click that, something very interesting happens. Uh, you will see that only two things are are really displayed. The first one is numbering followed by, and the second one is numbering alignment. Well, that what that's a good way to consistently manage how all of these levels are positioned. Okay? So if you say numbering is followed by a tab stop, all of your levels are going to have uh, a tab stop. And if you say that the numbering alignment is always going to be left, in other words, we'll start at the left margin and then work right with everything lining up to that left margin, then uh, we're going to do it for all of them. So again, consistent. Um, and then 
taking a look at the individual ones, just make sure. And the defaults are going to be pretty good here, but there are times when you'll want to change them. Uh, so I would say I always set mine to tab stop for the numbering followed by, and um, and I always say numbering alignment is left. And then if I go through each of the levels, remember what we talked about before when we looked at individual bullet and number lists. There's this thing called tab stop and indent at. Now the tab stop for each level is going to be slightly different. So for instance, level one, it might be two tenths of an inch. Level two might be four tenths of an inch or 0.39 or, you know, I'm not sure why they went to 0.39 instead of 0.40. It doesn't matter. Uh, but for each level, make sure the tab stop and indent at are the exact same number. And that means each level of the hierarchy, whether it's a level 1, a level 2, level 3, whatever, uh, if your list item is more than one line, uh, when it wraps around, it'll, it'll wrap around with everything very neatly aligned, at least on the left side of the, of the item. Um, so that's the first thing that we're going to look at. Uh, the second thing I would say is whatever the increment is from one level to the next, keep it the same. So you might take a look and say, well, you know, I want um, I want level one to be three tenths of an inch instead of two tenths of an inch. Well, if you then left level two at 0.39 inches, it would really look stupid. And particularly if level three was then 0.59 inches, uh, it just that doesn't make any sense because it's inconsistent. So if if you're gonna do three tenths of an inch, then make the next one six tenths of an inch, make the one after that nine tenths of an inch, uh, and that way you've got a nice consistent look. Everything moves over the same amount, going from level to level to level, um, and that's good. That's going to give you the best possible appearance. Now, the last tab is options, and this is where we get into how the text appears on each of these levels. And by text, what I'm referring to really is the text of the number itself, not the stuff that follows it is the list item. Um, so the characters that denote each of these uh, levels. That can be set here. And we can set each level separately. So we'll start at level one and look at the first setting, numbering. Uh, this lets you specify the numbering style. And you've got options. You've got Arabic numerals, Roman numerals, letters. Uh, you can have bullets. Uh, you can choose graphics for the bullets if you wish. Um, and remember, we can do this separately for each level. You could have numbers on one level, bullets on the next, and a different numbering on the third. I'm not exactly sure where I would do something like that, although I could imagine some sort of a mixed-up thing going on. Uh, remember, if you're doing this, that the decision as to whether to use bullets or numbers is whether or not the order matters. If the order is significant, 
if things have to go one, two, three in that order to make any sense, then you've got to use numbers. If it's just a collection of stuff and the order doesn't matter at all, you know, milk, eggs, and butter, um, all the things I have to pick up at the store, and I don't really care which order that list is in, then bullets would be the appropriate thing to use, okay? Now, bullets. If you select a bullet in the drop-down for numbering, uh, a setting box will appear that says character. And this is where you choose the character that you'll use for your bullet. <laughs> now, you can choose any character from any font, but let's face it, if you chose, like, the letter Q, uh, <laughs> it'd be a very odd bullet list. Q this, and then Q the next one, Q, Q, Q. So you want something that actually looks like a bullet. Now, where do you find that? Uh, the Dingbats font. All right, the Dingbats is sort of the open equivalent of Wingdings, but you know it's it's got a lot of interesting characters that you can use. So if you want a full nested bullet list, um, and you know having one of those available, it's not a bad idea. Uh, just choose different characters for each level. So one level might be just a a black dot. Uh, the next level might be a, an arrowhead, and the level after that, you know some other character, a diamond, let us say, uh, you know, whatever you want those to be. Now, the next thing we're going to look at in the options is before and after. Now, these show up if you have selected a number type. They don't show up for bullets. Um, so, any number type, if it's an Arabic numerals, Roman numerals, letters... These let you place other characters either before or after the number. And you just type them in with a keyboard. So let's say you wanted the number to be enclosed in parentheses. Well, in the before space, you would type an opening parenthesis mark. And then in the after space, you would type a closing parenthesis mark. And then your number would be enclosed by parentheses. Or let's say you just want a period after the number. Leave the before space blank, don't put anything in there, and then put a period in the after space. It doesn't have to be a period. You could substitute. You could say, let's make it a dash. Or let's make it a blank space first and then a dash. All right. If you did that, then each of your list items would be a number, then a space, then a dash. So you've, you've got a lot of possibilities here. Now, note that if you're doing all of that, you might want to make an adjustment for your tab stop. Right? The more, the more business you have going on in setting up the numbers here, the, the more you need to make sure you leave an appropriate space before the, the actual text of the item starts. Um, now, then there's the character style box. Remember character styles? We've talked about them. Uh, and we, we talked about how if you use the bold button or the italic button, you're just you're doing it wrong. You, you want to use character styles instead. And we can bring those in here. Those character styles can be used uh, 
for your numbers or letters that you use for your numbered list. So, let's say you wanted uh, your your level one items just be a, a number followed by a period. That's a very straightforward thing. Um, but you could, for instance, say, well, I want to make that, those numbers bold. So a bold one period, a bold two period. Well, then what you have to use is the character style for strong emphasis. And you would apply that and then you would get a bold one, a bold two. Now, that would just apply to the number itself. It would not apply to the actual text of the list item. That would still be uh, governed by the rest of your styles. Uh, Or you could say, uh, I'd like to have something italic. Well, the character style for that is emphasis. Uh, So you simply apply that. And I think the, the best way to get an idea is to try a few of these. And one of the things I do when I'm working with all of these, and I want to get a, uh, this is how I first started to get a handle on all of this, was just open up a document and uh, start applying different things and start typing and, and see how it worked. And, and that's a, a good way to go, oh, okay, now I see what they're talking about. Um, and particularly when we're getting at this level of things, this is where, how things are done can be different from one program to another. Uh, so some of this stuff is a little bit different in Microsoft Word than it would be in LibreOffice, and, you know, terminology is different, etc. So it's uh, it's a good way to get a handle on, on how this is done. I, I think you've got just as much control with any of these programs, but how you do it can vary a little bit. Now, the, the next thing that we might want to look at here in uh, using our styles for a nested list is the show sublevels. Uh, it's just a really useful thing. When you need it, you really need it. Now, when do you need it? Uh, I, I've used it for contracts, for instance. Contracts, this is a type of numbering that is required for clauses. Uh, so, your level one item would be, let's imagine, one period, a little bit of white space, and then the text, blah, blah, blah. And then the next level one item is two, period, a little bit of white space, blah, blah, blah. And you say, okay, now I want to have a sublist under that. And so you do your next item, and now you click the demote button on the bullets and numbering bar, and the, the demote button says, take this item and make it a level two now. And if you had show sublevels, you might get something like this. Uh, to dot a and then a space and then your text to dot b then a space and then your text and then let's say under that you wanted to create uh, some level three then you could have to dot b dot i for your first level three and then to dot b dot i i you know, using Roman numerals for the level three part, for the next part of that, uh, and so on. Uh, so it's it's very useful when you need it, okay? Uh, and this is how you get that. Now, one of the things they say when you're setting this up is how many levels to show. Uh, I always select the maximum of 10. Um, 
and and that's because if I do anything else, I'm leaving myself open to uh, unexpected results. Now, it's never going to display more sublevels than you actually have. So don't worry that you're going to have a, a, a list that only has level 1 and level 2, but it's going to do 1.0.0.0.0.0.0 because it thinks it has to fill up 10 spaces. It doesn't work that way. Okay? So if it's if you're just on level 1, it would be 1 dot. And then if you have a sublist under it, 1 dot A, and then your text. So it doesn't fill those things out. But what would happen if you said, oh, just only show three levels, and you somehow get to level four anyway? Uh, it's going to start truncating the numbers uh, from the beginning, which is a, a weird way of doing it. Uh, so the, I think setting the maximum is actually pretty safe. Uh, I mean, that becomes the set it once and forget it option. And I think when you're working with styles, anytime you can set it once and forget it, that's not a bad thing to do, right? Um, now, for the last two items, I would say ignore them. Uh, there, there might be times where this becomes relevant. They are very rare. For instance, start at changes the starting number. Uh, <coughs> it might be useful for a specific list, but it doesn't make sense in a style, generally speaking. Uh, at least I'm having trouble thinking of, of when I would want to do that. Uh, I mean, would you want to start a numbered list with three? Uh, that's what that would do, but I'm not sure why I would do that in a style. Um, I might do that if I had a, you know, a long list with interruptions, and it's like, okay, this is actually number three, but the program has forgotten where I was, so I need to tell it. But that's not a style thing. That would be something I would probably do outside the style. Uh, consecutive numbering, uh, it just it, it does bizarre things to the hierarchy that, uh, again, I have trouble seeing many cases where I'd want to use that. Um, so that, uh, that's how you would do nested lists and control all of your nested lists with styles. So... The, the, again, the basic thing that we're looking at here, and it's a recurring theme, and we're going to come back to it over and over again as we go through the LibreOffice series, is the separation between function and appearance. They're two different things. So, in in a particularly in a numbered list, the function is to say, is this a level one item? Is it a level two item? Is it a level three item? You control that through the bullets and numbering bar using the promote and demote buttons. That's how you control the function. Uh, appearance, uh, you should control through the style. So you set up a style for your your list, your nested list hierarchy. Um, and doing that, you get in and say, well, this is the font I want to use, and this is how I want to... Uh, you know, make it bold or italic or change the spacing or put an extra character in or all of that. You know, that's all done through the style. So with that, I think we've now got a pretty good handle on nested lists, uh, and that's a good thing. So uh, this is Ahuka, and I am signing off once again, and I'm going to remind everyone, please support free software.
Thank you. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.